Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 20 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Choriki Sentai O-Ranger. Each week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt Jane. and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Annoyingly cold, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yes it is. Uh, I was just saying before we started recording that uh, it is April 8th as we record this, and I am... Yeah. I am still having to worry about the sound of my furnace in the background as we're recording because it is like 32 degrees. Yeah, dude, I really, man, okay. Like normally by the end of March, like in like a lion, out like a lamb, that's fairly true in and around uh, Cleveland. Normally by the end of March, you're okay. Like it might dip down into the 40s or whatever again, but generally speaking, you're okay. And it's been in like the 30s all friggin' week. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been real, real lame. At least it's been sunny, but... It is genuinely demoralizing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really really taking the wind out of my sails. Actually, I'm, uh, I'm trying to be chipper about it, but it really sucks. Well, Dave, you know what we can be chipper about? Is uh, that today we are watching episode 20 of Choroki Senpai Ranger. It is called The Iron Fist 100 Bursts, uh, which ah, is a great title, nice. and I love it. Uh, it kind of sounds like a like a, a. Do you recall in the Matt Fraction, Probably. Ed Brubaker, David Aha, uh, Iron Fist run? Every time Iron Fist did a cool thing, there'd be a little caption box telling you what the cool move was. Oh, dude, Matt! Not well. A. Not only do I remember it, you know who else remembers it is whoever has kept writing Iron Fist after that, because that is a convention that uh, that they've kept. Yeah. Like all the most recent Iron Iron Man, Mm -hmm. Iron Fist, sorry. All the most recent Iron Fist stuff is just full. And uh, I I feel like that's probably the most fun part of writing that book. Is getting to like make up the names. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this definitely feels like one of those. I've also been going back and reading a bunch of uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, the Master of Kung Fu? uh Uh-huh. They just got added to Marvel Unlimited. And those old Shang-Chi books are something else. Yes, they are, my friend. Yes, they are. Uh, but you know what else is something else? Oh, wait, I already transitioned into the title of yeah, the Yeah, you did. You did. It's okay, though. Um, anyway, Dave, but before we get into that, uh, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is Pudorosu Sentai Ringo Ranger, uh, which was our our episode last week. The The, the beautiful dream. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope you guys liked that as much as I did. Uh, it was it was a joke. If 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 we somehow yeah, fooled you the whole way through, uh, this was a an April Fool's gag. Um, I I almost didn't want to admit it on this week, but I did want to like talk about how much fun we had doing it. Dude, it was so much fun. I there was a very real part of me that sort of wanted to not like I'm having a lot of fun with O Ranger. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, but there was a part of me that kind of wanted to take a semi indefinite hiatus. And just see how many episodes of Ringo Ranger we could come up with. Yeah, because the way, the way that we did it, and oh, by the way, if you want to hear me talk about this more in depth, um, I do. There is an episode coming out this week of the Morphin Grid, in which I joined uh, Jake and Josh, and we talked about 
what Ranger Ranger would have looked like if it existed and became a Power Rangers show. Yeah, I definitely want to think about that a lot, actually. Yeah, so that's, that is coming out, I believe, um, I think it would have come out yesterday by the time this episode drops. Okay, uh, well, so, it's, uh, it's already there for you. So check that out. Um, if for but, some reason you're not already listening to the Morphin Grid. Yeah, so. um, but the way, that, the way that we did it is that Dave and I came up with the, like, all of the proper nouns, like, all of the people and, like, a general premise for the show, and then we just sort of improved out, like, the beat-by-beat beat things of what the episode would be. Yeah, well, we came up with, like you said, we came up with the name of the the bad guy, and we came up with, so, um, Champion Drago. We came up with Champion Drago, and we came up with Power Slam Wolf, and then we also came up with the, the proper names of the five rangers. Yeah. And I think everything else was was basically, was, was improv. That was all off the top of our head. Um and it was a ton of fun. And the really weird thing was, you and I talked about it afterwards, is after having done our fake episode, I did have the feeling like we had just watched an episode of Puroresu Sentai Ringa Ranger. Like, yeah, it really like... It existed in a weird liminal space in my head that I, I didn't feel like I had made it up. I felt like I had watched it. Yes, it is as though we had, like, constructed a false memory for ourselves. It was kind of weird, honestly. It was a little... Well, listen, man, when you have watched as much Sentai as we have, it all bleeds together a little bit. It does, especially, like, when you watch the first episode of a season of Sentai, like, they're not all the same exactly, but, like, there well, are certain cover, beats, you know? Yeah, was, that's exactly what I was going to say, because, you know, like, you introduce everybody, like... Here are the Rangers, here's the deal, here's the theme, here's the bad guy, you know, there you go. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was tons of fun. We hope that you liked it. Um, who knows, maybe we will find more episodes of that, like, on a VHS hidden in somebody's basement later on. Uh, oh, Matt, if I, I feel lucky. like, I feel fairly confident that at some point in the future, we will we will stumble across another episode. I'm, I feel pretty good about that one. Um, yeah, but that's, that is the first star of the week. We hope you liked it. Yeah. So what, Matt, is our second star of the week? Dave, the second star of the week is that it, it's more wrestle stuff. Um, this this is the time of year that wrestling like overtakes my life fully for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Which may be why it was so front of mind uh, last week when we were doing uh, Puturesu Ringo Ranger. Or Puturesu Sentai Ringo Ranger. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know why I'm apologizing. The only... To people who like have any stake in that are you and I, and I know you don't care. Yeah, no, we're the we're the only one. <laughs> um, anyway, because a couple of weeks ago, um, our friend Josh and I went to Monday Night Raw. Um, last night, oh, I, no, spent... I didn't know Josh went with you. Oh yeah, yeah, it was super fun. We got weirdly good seats. Um, I mean, obviously there are good seats in there. It's not weird that good seats exist, but right. for the amount of money that I spent on those seats, they should not have been as good as they were. Oh, okay, nice. There's like the front, like the front few rows of this one section that goes almost all the way back, are just like two seats across and like just above the floor level, and so I got these two seats like where we didn't have to deal with elbowing anybody else, uh, like sort of right near the front of because you don't. Re I feel like you don't really want to be on the floor. 
because then like it's kind of hard to yeah, see. Yeah, no, because you're, you're too level. flat. You want to be. Yeah, you want to have the view that the camera has. Like, right? Yeah, definitely. Anyway, like I kind of thought the seats were going to be terrible because I spent like forty bucks a pop on tickets. You know, like it's Monday Night Raw a few weeks before WrestleMania. You yeah, I was going to say that's to not no more. dollars, but right. Uh, but no, they were awesome, and it was a super fun time. Uh, there was not as much wrestling in that wrestling show as I wanted there to be, mm. but I I kind of realized as we were getting into it, like, oh right, this is a few weeks before WrestleMania, so people aren't really gonna wrestle; they're just gonna yell at each other, so that we want to watch them wrestle at WrestleMania. Right. This is like that episode of Raw that you saw is largely a commercial for WrestleMania, is what that was. Right, I did kind of spend $40 a seat to go watch a live commercial for three hours, but it was very fun. Uh, yeah, and listen, the, um, there is a degree for in which wrestling is only ever a commercial for itself. Uh, and I think if you're going to enjoy wrestling, you just kind of make your peace with that, and you have yeah. joy in the commercial. You I mean, know? listen, that, that's why they call it a wrestling promotion. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, but last night, I watched more wrestling. Uh, it was NXT TakeOver. Um, and Dave, if you if you can somehow, like, if you have a night where you can't sleep or... That's not know, a thing you, for me. <laughs> um, well, okay, if you have a night where you are sort of not allowed to sleep because babies won't sleep, uh, and you're just trying to find something to put on the TV, um, dude, you watch that NXT TakeOver. I don't want to go, like, too far into it because... Um, it's not necessarily exciting to listen to someone talk about how good a wrestle was, but it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then today, later on today, I am going to go and spend like, I don't know, maybe 13, 15 hours watching WrestleMania. Dude, huh? Okay. I just, that, that it's is already 2.30. Okay. Long. I was going to say it's already 2.30 in the afternoon and you're not watching it yet. So... How long does WrestleMania go? Uh, well, the pre-show starts at, I think, 5, and I believe it ends around midnight. Oh, that is so very much wrestling. Oh, it's um, genuinely I out... way too much. <laughs> well, man, like, okay, so I know if you go to WrestleMania, it's like, it is many dollars to get a seat at WrestleMania, is my understanding. Yeah. So if you were going to, and it's like a whole, it's like a week-long event, right? Like, you go, and there's all this stuff, and then, like, at the very end of it is WrestleMania. Okay, weirdly. And I feel like if you're... The end if of it is not up, WrestleMania. The end of it is the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, which is also, like, a really, really huge deal. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. But, yeah, well, I figure if you're, yeah. if you're laying out that much, man, there better be a whole lot of wrestling going on. Oh, dude. There is so much wrestling going on whenever and wherever WrestleMania is because other wrestling promotions are like, well, all the people who love wrestling are going to be in this town on this date. So there is all the WrestleMania stuff. Like, there's always an NXT TakeOver and there's Mania itself and right, there's the right, Monday right, right, Night right. Raw afterwards. And then there's like the Hall of Fame induction ceremony and the... There's like a, a big thing where like you can go meet the wrestlers if you have tickets to go do it. Like it's a whole weekend affair. Right, right, right. But then but also... So wait, so there's like everybody else like Remora's along with that implacable shark and sort of like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also WrestleCon is that weekend where 
Um, like all of the wrestlers who you want to go meet who aren't WWE wrestlers are at WrestleCon. Oh, okay. Uh, nice, and also nice, like nice. Ring of Honor does their biggest show of the, did their biggest show of the year like this weekend. Um, like in New Orleans, like down the street from where WrestleMania is. Ah, <laughs> nice. Um, hey Matt, real quickly. Um, did I hear correctly? I thought I saw somewhere on the internet that somebody said something about the Undertaker potentially coming back. Um, well, that John can't be true. John Cena has been yelling at the Undertaker, um, like saying that he wants to challenge him at WrestleMania. There has been no response from The Undertaker for the, like, two months that John Cena's just been, like, going crazy, shouting at nothing in the middle of a ring. Um, <laughs> but it it does feel weird that, like, they would do all that and then not have a match. Like, there's got to be That's something, just... right? Because otherwise, Dude. what's going to happen is that John okay, Cena okay, is going to Matt... show up to WrestleMania, and he's going to get in the ring, and he's going <laughs> to wait for a while, and then he's just going to leave. <laughs> that or... The Undertaker will get in that ring, and then his body will literally disintegrate. Yeah, because that he poor is, man is so old. He's he very has given you so much. Um, or Matt, here it is. Here it is. Maybe they've been long conning us. Maybe he keeps John Cena keeps calling out the Undertaker, and Roman Reigns is going to show up. And he's going to put on the hat, and then it's going to be the thing that we wanted it to be. I, I would Here's love hoping. that, but Roman Reigns does already have a match tonight. Mm, I mean, okay, sure. Uh, anyway, hey, listen. If, if that happens, it's that's that's the boyhood dream right there. Um, right? Yeah, but, that would be incredible. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's that is my life. It's just watching a lot of wrestling right now. I'm <laughs> really looking forward to WrestleMania, and I'm also really looking forward to taking a little bit of a break afterwards. Um, speaking of breaks, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So third star of the week, Matt, is well, I'm actually ending spring break and i am going into speaking of shows that are going to absorb your entire life i'm going into tech week this week so it is about to be uh man so you are going from no work to all work yeah it's a lot like dude tech week is just straight up it's just a week and a half well not a week it's six days of of like 13 hour days 13 14 hour days um uh just six of them in a row and so it's just... What I'm hearing is you're not going to have time to catch up on NXT TakeOver anytime this yeah, week. Yeah, no, I am not. I am not going to have time. And I did literally almost laugh out loud you're, when you said, if there's nights you can't sleep. That's Dave, just not... Dave, here's, no, some extra, here's some extra incentive. Your best friend was at NXT TakeOver. Oh, was he there? My oh, very you, best friend with whom I hang friend. out all the time? EC3. <laughs> Uh, to two new <laughs> listeners, there is a professional wrestler with whom Dave used to wait tables. Yeah, um, we were not friends. I just like, you know, he's a nice guy, but like, <laughs> he just he disappeared. Like he left the job that we both worked at, and he was like, "I'm gonna go be a wrestler." And I was like, "Oh, um, sure." Like he was he is a very large, handsome man, but you know, the world is full of large, handsome men. Uh, and I was like. Cool, dude. See you again. Never. And like, sure enough, that dude is, he is a professional wrestler of like, yeah, he was not in a incredible renown, but it was super good. Uh, anyway, yeah, but sorry. he's on NXT. So, so that's great, man. Uh, I love it when people live their dreams. That's super rad. Uh, so anyways, yeah, dude, I am just, I'm going into tech week 
and my my just my whole life is is exploding um it's just so much it's like six hours of rehearsal a night just to get this show ready and we're doing a show called noises off and it is the most uh it's just the most technically challenging show I've ever done because what it is is it's a show about actors doing a show, right? Okay. But the actor, but the show that they're doing, so the actual play is called Noises Off. The play within a play is called Nothing On. With me so far? Great. Okay, sure. So the actors that are performing the play Nothing On are very bad. And, okay. uh, and like their whole play is disintegrating. And like that's the humor of the show is that like you're sort of seeing backstage like everything that's happening, right? Yes. So, yeah. So what happens is in the second act of the play, the entire set has to be built so it spins. Okay? All right. So the first oh, act because you're looking you need at- to have the this the set for both um for both plays, the play and the play within the play. Right. And so the play within the play spins. So you, the audience, are looking like at the backstage portion of of the set for Nothing On. Okay. And the play, Nothing On, is happening, but you can't see it happening. It's happening like backstage and you are looking at everything that the actors are doing on their quote-unquote backstage, right? Okay. Okay, but here's the deal. Everything that is happening on the, uh, that you are seeing, they can't be saying anything because they're backstage at their show. So you can't talk because then the fake audience would hear you, right? Right. So the second act of this play is just a half an hour of silent slapstick that has to be timed perfectly and coordinated with lines that are happening, like, where the audience cannot see them, but they can hear them, okay? Okay. But the people that are saying the lines still have to be doing stuff, so they can't see what everyone else is doing. So they're just saying their lines kind of blind and hoping that everything else is happening like clockwork backstage, except it's not actually backstage. It's because you, the audience, can see it. Um, Okay. It's insane. Uh, The prop list for this show is six pages long. It's it's bananas. This sounds like the tech portion of this tech week is going to be very exciting. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, but the does. Uh, man, my technical director, he's amazing. Like the whole set spins. It's it's incredible. You you I mean, you'll come see it. You always come see it. Um but I, I think it's going to be a good show. I just I desperately hope. I desperately hope it's going to be a good show. Um it's a lot. Just a lot. <laughs> it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. All right, man. Um well, what is our fourth star of the week? So, our fourth star of the week, Matt, is I had Okay, I just I had a realization about a new realization about being old. Okay, I guess you know what I mean. And the realization, like I periodically have these realizations. As listen, if you are a young person, you also will have these realizations. Yeah, I, hope, I mean, it is, I hope it is someday you have these. Realizations. It is the process yeah. of aging. Like it is the process. Yeah, I, I suspect this, that are, I will not stop having realizations about like changes in life as my life continues to change. 
Yeah, and it's just the the specific realization that I'm thinking about are all the things that your parents like wanted you to do as a kid or a teenager, and then you got into your 20s and you're like, Ugh, I'm not like gonna bother with that. And then as you get older, you're like, Oh no, now yes, now I get it, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer is cleaning, just like having everything clean. Because I took like, listen, man, Beth is home all day working with the twins, right? Right. And I am at work all day working. And then I come home and then we are both working with the twins uh, who absorb your entire universe. Yes. And so like there's just a lot of things that we don't get done as promptly as we would like to get them done. Right. Yeah, dude. I hear And you. yeah. And one of those things was just like laundry. We just didn't, you know, you've got enough clothes. Like you're, you've got enough clothes to wear and they're clean. And so everything else is just piling up because you're like just desperately paddling to keep your head above water. And I had a few days off of work and I'm like, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do all of it. I'm just going to do all the laundry, all of our laundry, all the baby's laundry, all laundry, just doing it all. And I got it all done. It was all like folded and it was all put away. And it's like the, it's like the, I felt a little bit high when I, I'm not joking. When I like walked into our room, I was like slightly delirious. There's nothing on the floor. Yeah. There's nothing on the floor. Everything is clean and folded away. And like, guys, listen, if you are in a space in your life, like just crush it, crush it. If you are in a space in your life where you're like, eh, like how much better? Like, I'm not going to bother just laundry and piles on the floor. Guys, just do yourself a favor. Just fold the laundry. Fold the laundry, put it away. You have no idea how good it feels to look at a completely clean floor. Oh, absolutely. I there there is I think I've brought it up on the show before, but I was listening to a podcast a few years ago where they were talking about playing video games and how so much of playing video games is just like virtually washing the dishes. Yeah, yeah. Don't just don't don't yeah, stop doing video game washing the dishes. And, and just, just actually wash, wash the, dishes the dishes because you'll you'll be accomplished dishes. and your dishes will be clean. I mean, listen, yeah. I'm currently playing Far Cry Five. Far like that is one of that is an one of the ultimate like this is just cleaning the dishes sort of games. Like you got to collect stuff and like it's just a big virtual checklist that you pay sixty dollars for um, mm. and like work your way through for a few weeks. But it's it is satisfying uh, and very fun. But yeah, yeah, I totally hear you, man. Yeah, so anyways, that was my whole thing. Like, I'm just so, like, I don't even have jokes about it. I'm just so excited to have caught up on, like, basic human living <laughs> that I that I wanted to yell it into the void of the internet. So thanks for listening, guys. I'm just excited. What, Matt, is our fifth star of the week? Uh, fifth star of the week. This is a short one, a, a short but sweet one, uh, which is good because I think we dragged on way too long earlier in the five stars. Um yeah. Earlier this week, I got a sort of letter and gift package from a listener, Alex, um, who, like, asked, hey, you know, like, can I send you a thing? Uh, and he did. They are these uh, these magnets that he made out of, you know, would you, like, I don't remember the name for it. Like, you get a bunch of, like, plastic beads, and you put them in a design, and then you sort of, like, m- melt, fuse them together. Perler beads, Matt. Yes. Okay. Those things. Um, yep. He made three magnets of those things that are the Three Stooges, like the heads of the Three Stooges from Die Ranger. Yeah, they're astonishingly cool. Uh, I've got a picture of them. I will post the picture when we put this episode up. Um, they are 
amazing. Um, yeah, they're it, super it, rad. I haven't uh, seen them in person yet, but I saw the picture. Alex, they're amazing. Yeah, so and they also send it with a very, very nice letter, which I will not uh, go into here because that's just for us. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to take this moment to say, hey, Alex, thank you. That was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any jokes about it. I was just very, uh, it was very sweet, and I liked getting it. That's all. Um, and with that, Dave, we are going to go watch episode 20 of Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 20 of Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger, The Iron Fist 100 Bursts, which, once again, is a choice title. Yeah, it is. Um, also, I am really glad, after having watched this episode, I feel really glad that we did our episode of Puro Resto Sentai Ringo Ranger before we watched this episode. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, I would have felt like we were really... Just ripping stuff like, off? Ripping stuff straight off, because there are a lot of, like, a weird number of similarities, actually. Yeah, I, I, that is another reason I wanted to bring it up in the five stars earlier this week, um, or earlier in the episode, rather, um, just to sort of get ahead of the fact that, like, that was a thing we made up before, and this is what we are watching now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, the episode, episode starts, actually, with Bull Don't. Yes. And uh, I don't know if I noticed myself doing this, Matt, is, I, okay, so I hate Prince Bull Don't. We've covered that before. Sure. And so when I write his name out, I put an apostrophe after between the N and the T. <laughs> like, bull, don't. Like, just cut it uh, out. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't notice that I was doing it until I did it. Uh, and then I, because he's the worst. But anyways, what we see is bull, don't boxing, which is hilarious. Because bull, don't is essentially a sphere with feet and arms. Like, he doesn't have legs. He just has feet. And he just sort of, like, waddles. Right, sort and he's like very a, short. Yeah, like a robotic penguin, but with a dog face. <laughs> yeah, and a crown. Um, and a and crown so he, and a cape, and anyways. And so he is trying to box, but he is in this ring. Uh, the ring ropes, by the way, are chains. Um, yep. And in the ring with him are three Barra fighters, or Barra soldiers, the putties. Uh, I don't remember, putties, yeah. Um, and he's boxing them, but like he is so much shorter than all of them that for them to be able to do it, they're like crouched down and just sort of like kind of trying to throw jabs at him. But his yeah. arms are very short, so he really can't hit them either. Um, it's, a, it's a comical scene. Yeah, it is. Um, and then we see Hysteria, like Empress Hysteria is off in the corner, sort of like... She's coaching him, I guess, except she doesn't seem to know anything about boxing either. Yeah, none of so... them actually know anything about boxing. Acha and Kocha are also there. They are wearing boxing gloves. Yeah, which in the case of Kocha is incredible because he also doesn't have arms. So it's just a <laughs> tiny robot with gloves stuck onto the side of them. Yeah, just like tied uh, then, to his shoulders. Yeah, so for <laughs> so Bacchus Rat shows up. And I love Bacchus Wrath because anytime he walks in on someone doing something, his immediate declaration is that, like, what, and it doesn't matter what they're doing, it's always dumb. He's like, well, this is stupid. What are you doing? Like, why are you wasting? Literally, it doesn't, every time he walks in on someone doing anything, the first thing he does is berate them for doing it, which is incredible. And he's like, why are you, like, what, what is going on? Why are you boxing? Like, wh insane. why are you playing around? We finally defeated O-Robo, and now we have to deal with Red Puncher. Like, we are in a pickle here, and you guys are just, just, like, playing. 
stop it. Like, stop it and get yeah. back to work. And so Boldon says, no, 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 no. We're not because Red Puncher is a boxer and I am learning to box. So I don't know why this is important, but like I am learning to box so that I can create the ultimate boxing robot, Bara Puncher. Yes. Okay. Now, here's a few things about this scene. First of all, when Bolt, when uh, Emperor Bacchus Wrath is berating Bulldone, Bulldone's actual response is to say that, how dare you not understand my feelings? You are no longer my father. <laughs> yeah, which A, seems like a weird, uh, that's like a weirdly intense jump. And then also... Robots aren't allowed to have fe- like. Didn't they destroy a number of robots for having feelings? Yeah, isn't I also that like have a whole? It's notes. like the premise of like an entire couple episodes. Yeah, maybe they have realized that like okay, some robots just got emotions, and there are now categories of emotions that they are allowing to be legal, like. Like, hatred and boxing are okay emotions. Love is not. Right. <laughs> well, box- boxing's not an emotion, Matt. Well, yeah. Dave, for a robot, maybe it is. There's a lot of boxing. <laughs> Dave, if there's any one episode of a Sentai show that's going to prove otherwise and show us that boxing is an emotion, it is this one. Yeah, that's okay. That's a very good point. So we, we pop down to the world, and we see Shohei is just running. Running, running, running. And he kind of comes around a corner in this, like, industrial yard, and... Principal Don't has a kid whose name is Mikio, who we've never met before. But so he has a kid, and Joey's like, let that kid go. And Bulldone says, I will let him go if you fight my boy over here, Bar Puncher. Bar Puncher, Bar Boxer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bar Boxer. Okay. Remember last week what we said about how uh, Power Slam Wolf looked? Like he was. A monster from space, but he was wearing a championship belt and, like, boots. That's basically this dude, except he's not a wolf. Yeah, uh, he has... It's a very, very cool look. He is, like... He looks like... It looks like just a human torso, but it's clearly meant to be robotic. And then he's got, like, one kind of giant laser eye, which is rad. Mm -hmm. And then he has huge boxing gloves for hands. But then he is wearing, like, trunks and a belt and and just boxing... uh, boots i guess yeah it's got sort of like um, these chains hanging down from his head that don't seem to be attached to the rest of his look but there they are uh yeah no they're it's uh it's a very very good look and so shohei's like okay uh i'm a boxer i'll box this guy and so he transforms um into o green and they just start boxing and shohei is doing a good job like yeah because shohei's a very good boxer now the problem is that apparently like, when they say you must box Barra Boxer, um, Barra Boxer thinks that boxing includes sometimes hitting people with a sledgehammer? Yeah, he does do that. Uh, it very definitely does not involve that thing. Um, and so when he busts out the sledgehammer, uh, Shoya is not prepared for that, and then things go bad for him very quickly. And as they are, as they're, you know, like, they kind of go back and forth, and, like, Shohei's losing. And he's like, all right, then, I'll use my flying punch. Which, have we seen him do flying punch before, Matt? I don't know if we have, because I don't... I don't recall so. having seen it, but the way that they talk about it makes it seem as though, like, oh, man, Shohei's flying punch. Like, here it comes. Everybody's favorite moment of every episode when Shohei busts it out. 
I don't think we've ever seen it before. Well, because, okay, um, here, here's the thing that we will learn about Flying Punch, is that Flying Punch is one of Shohei's, like, special techniques. But it is not the special technique of Shohei, like, who is... Oh, Green. Oh, Green. It is the special technique of Shohei, the boxer. Yeah. Um. So he... So Flying Punch is... It's it's a fly... He, like, he just jumps up and forward at you and punches he does as he does it. Oh, yeah, there's a flip, which doesn't seem like it would add anything, but it, he does it. Um, and this is a devastating maneuver. Yeah, he like he nails Barra uh, Puncher real, real bad. But when he lands, he has like broken his hand. Yeah, like which seems like a very bad special move. Well, Dave, it's got too much power. It's too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that still makes it a bad like. <laughs> You can say that, but if it is in fact true and to make the move breaks your hand, it still makes it a very bad special move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, it's not his best move. I don't know why he didn't use any of his other very good finishing moves that use his, like, superpowers. Right, or also maybe his, like, lightning tonfas or... No, he's got the axes, sorry. His axes. He was challenged to a boxing match. He's only going to use his boxing moves. This is his boxing finishing move. (laughs) <laughs> so so he's he's like on the ground and he untrans he unhensions and his his fist is broken and he's upset about this obviously and uh they're gonna move in for the kill the bar baranoia is and then the other rangers show up and sort of sort of help him out yeah oh there was a quick thing is when he goes to do flying punch bulldog says oh yeah like yes that's what i was waiting for so clearly he has like there's something else going on regarding Regarding Flying Punch and Prince Bulldog and Shohei yeah. and, and Barra Puncher and all this stuff. So the other Rangers all show up and they get into a big fight with all the dudes. And then a lot earlier in the episode that I was anticipating, um, Acho and Kocha make Barra Boxer grow. Dude, I was so into that. Like, yes, just go for it, man. Like, there's not a set of circumstances that you have to fulfill before you're allowed to go giant. There isn't, like, a Geneva Convention of Intergalactic, you know, robot conquerors. (laughs) Like, I don't know why you don't just go giant step one. Like, show up, go giant, wreck things. Um, Whatever, I don't know. Uh, But he does. They just, Power Puncher just goes giant automatically. Like, that's the very first thing he does. It's brilliant. And then it is time to dispatch the Red Puncher. Dave, this is the first time we've seen... Red Puncher come to the fight when he's not like digging himself out of a valley. Um, Dude, I'm so impossibly into this. And I can't I even explain. It so, so, so much. So here is how Red Puncher arrives to a fight. Uh, the mountainside opens and then a giant cannon comes out of it and they just launch Bart Red Puncher out of a cannon presumably with, like, the exact trajectory that he needs to land wherever it is they didn't want him to land. And then you see a shot of him. He's, like, arms out Superman flying, but also, like, tornado spinning yeah, for like a reason a I don't fully understand. Yeah, he's, like, corkscrew well, spinning. It looks Dave, amazing. The, the barrel is rifled. He's, you know, that's that's just what happens when you get shot out of a rifled barrel. Oh, well, I, you know, Matt, I hadn't thought about that, but it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Neither had I until I was trying to figure out a reason to justify it. So, uh, yeah, he kind of, like, is his corkscrewing, spiraling towards towards the enemy. And then he sort of, like, does a flip 
and lands on his feet and is ready to go. Okay, here's what I love about this. Everything. Here's something that I specifically love about this. Is that... Um, do you remember the whole point of the first Red Puncher episode, which is that Red Puncher had been buried for years because the chief, like, did not want to acknowledge its existence and was trying to, like, hide it from everyone because it had, like, yes, a tragic Yes, I do history? remember that thing. So yes. that means that one of, one of two things happened, Dave. Either all of that stuff happened and then the chief went ahead and built a Red Puncher cannon and hid it in the base anyway just in case or or in the course like from the last episode to this one they have designed built and installed a huge cannon that is large enough to shoot a building sized robot halfway across japan you know matt really either version of that is almost too beautiful for words so i think i Okay, I think I'm going to give the edge towards towards having already built the cannon. I can't quite explain why, but I, I think I do like it better. Yeah, but then remember, he would have had to have done it in secret because no one knew about Red Puncher and somebody would have uh, maybe, asked why they had that cannon that was labeled maybe Red that's, Puncher Launcher. <laughs> maybe that's why I like it better. I really like the idea of Chief managing to hide a... like. A cannon that itself is large enough to shoot a building-sized robot. And it's, so, like during so. during the week, his like real job was working on the main robots. But on the weekend, like his hobby project, like in his garage, he's building a hot rod. Um, like that is the red launcher or the red cannon, the red puncher cannon launcher. I don't know if this thing has red a puncher name. cannon launcher. The 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 punch punch cannon. Hey, punch so, okay, cannon is so, also super good. Yeah, Punch Cannon actually is pretty good uh, after I said it. So so Red Puncher arrives, and the fight is joined uh, in earnest. So now one of the weird things about Red Puncher, though, is anytime Red Puncher is on the scene, Red Puncher is only piloted by O-Red. Yeah. Like, everybody else is just chilling. Yeah, well, they're also cheering him on. Well, yeah, but it is a little bit like there is a giant robot, but only one person is involved. It's just kind of strange. Um, so anyways... So now it's Barra Puncher versus Red Puncher. Uh, Barra Boxer. And Barra Boxer, sorry. I keep flipping back and forth. Um, he punches, he boxes, he's Barra. Listen, uh, anyway. the Red One punches, the Barra One boxes. It's very easy. So, uh, thank you, Matt. Well, Barra Boxer is alliterative, so there you go. Uh, so Barra Boxer and uh, Red Puncher are, they are fighting in earnest now. And it's a dude. It is a very good, I would say probably the best giant robot fight, not only of O-Ranger, but that I actually can remember are are in this episode. There are very good fights. I think what is fun about watching Red Puncher is that he moves a little more quickly. Like, sort of like if you remember the Tetra Boy episodes of Jetman. Yes. Red Puncher just, yeah. like, he, he, he moves with some hustle. And it's very, it's a different pace than you're used to in these fights. Yeah, I dig it. Um, But, as they, so they're fighting, they go back and forth for a little bit, and, uh, and Barra Boxer busts out flying punch because it turns out this is why Prince Bulldog was excited is like he needed Barra Boxer to see the flying punch so that he himself, Barra Boxer, could do flying punch, which he unleashes on Red Puncher and and takes him down. Like yeah. Red Puncher eats it. Barra Boxer takes him down. And what's great about this 
is that Red Puncher goes down, but Baraboxer's hand is totally destroyed. So it's not just that yes. like Shohei messed up the flying punch. It's that the like that technique is so devastating that you have to break your hand when you do it, no matter if you are person sized or giant robot sized. Yeah, no, that was I just in case you're thinking about it, I was really assuming that like that was somehow going to come back and be like they would figure out how to exploit the weakness of flying punch that like it always breaks your hand, that like blah blah blah. Th- no. Like, that's not the case at all. Like, literally, it's just using Flying Punch breaks your hand. It broke Shohei's hand. It broke Baraboxer's hand. And that's it. Like, there is no further story element to that. Now, except is, for the fact that Shohei now has a broken hand. Right. And what is inconvenient is that Baraboxer's hand is easily repaired because he is a robot. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fine. Um, And actually, not only... uh, Okay, I'll just, can we talk about this now, Matt, or do you want to wait... Um, about how he gets powered up. Oh yeah, it's incredible. So we, let's we, just talk about it now, so very we, briefly. I mean, it's the next scene, I think. We we go up to the moon. Uh, there's some stuff that happens in between, but it's okay. Uh, we go up to the moon, and they are like, "Yeah, we did it. Not only have we defeated O Ranger Robo, but we have also defeated Red Puncher. Both of them are destroyed forever and will never be repaired. Obviously, um, and Barra Boxer is the one who did Which, it. Just real quickly, which they say." as they are themselves repairing their own giant robot. Yeah, they're like, now fix this robot. Um, And also, we need to power him up so that we don't have to worry about his hand getting broken by the power of Flying Punch anymore. Right. So what they do is they... And it's a really cool shot, actually. You see them, like, pulling it up on cranes. They have just crafted giant metal overgloves for his, like, boxing glove hands that just have giant spikes on them. Listen, Dave, if you want so to that's... display that someone is more powerful, you add spikes. We went... I think this was what happened last episode, isn't it? Yeah, you just... if The more powerful you are, the more spikes you have. That's... This is clear. You know. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> um, there's a joke about, about, like, 90s punk kids in there that I'm missing, but it's... You, you fill that one. That's a fill in the blank joke. You okay. can put that one in yourself. That's a choose your own adventure, friends. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so what we see is so we we're back at the base and mm-hmm. we see like Shohei is like really upset because they're like they're working on fixing Red Puncher and and O Robo, and Shohei's really upset. He's like, oh man, like now I can't do anything because my hand's broken. What are we going to do? And plus, this is all my fault because I showed him the power of flying punch. Right. Like, what are are we going to do? And, yeah, so Goro jumps in and he says, listen, like, don't feel bad. If I were you and I knew giant flying punch, like, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. And everyone else gives them, like, affirmative nods. Like, yes, you are good, Shohei. Do not feel badly about this. Dude, it is the first... I it was so frequent in this episode the number of wordless nod exchanges that happens. <laughs> it's like six different times. There's an entire quote unquote conversation that happens with just camera pant like smash cuts back and forth, just two or three people just nodding at each other, and then everybody goes and like does whatever it was they were gonna do. Well listen, Dave, <laughs> as as we've already said, boxing is an emotion. And sometimes, you know, there are sort of standard ways to convey certain emotions. When you're happy, you smile. When you're sad, you frown. Um, and when you are boxing, you nod wordlessly. Yeah. Um, so the next, the next scene that we see 
is of a boxing gym, okay? And it's like, it's outside, and we see Shohei run into it, and then we see uh, an old man who I am affectionately referring to as Grandpa Grimace because he has one facial expression, and it is a grimace. Uh, the, like the, the show, the the only thing that Shohei calls him is Pops. Yes. Which, listen, if you are an old man and you train boxing, I think that is what everybody, like, that is just what you are called. Right. I have no, like, I do not think that this man is Shohei's father. I don't think they are related in any way. Uh, but he no, is no, just, no. Just all. That is his boxing coach all name. Old, that is the exactly, boxing coach all name. Old, precisely. So he goes in and, like, and. And uh, the, it's Mr. Izawasha, Iz- I think. Um, I, I don't quite remember. Um, I don't know. He's generally just pops all throughout my notes. Yeah. So he so Zoya walks in and he's like, Pops, you you got to help me. And Pops is like, get out of here, Shohei. You left us and like you never had what it took to be a boxer. Yeah, it's like, you qu- like I'm not going to help you because you quit the gym. And also because you used the flying fist. I warned you against it. It's too dangerous. Which, again, he's 100% right. Like, that is a very, very bad special move. And so the kid runs in, Mikio, from from earlier on in the episode. And it turns out Mikio is Pops' actual grandson. Yeah. And he says, Grandpa, like, don't you get it? And Shohei just has to leave. Like, he kind of runs out, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mikio says, hey, like... He quit the boxing gym to join O-Ranger, right. like to go be a literal superhero who's saving the whole planet on like a very regular basis. And the only reason so he maybe got cut hurt him some was like trying to save my life. So like, and then Grandpa Grimace like, doesn't say anything because boxing doesn't use words. Oh, no, he does uh, say something, he does. Dave. He says no kids allowed in the oh, gym. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. And then he just. Uh, so then the other Rangers show up and well, they, they're like. We, 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 we then cut to where Shohei is, because Shohei is sulking. Um, oh, and that's Nikia right. runs Thank up you. to him, and he's like, hey, like, do you remember when you first came to the gym um, and, like, first started training with us? And we see a flashback of Shohei training. Um, and basically, what Mikio is saying about Shohei is, like, you are like Rocky Balboa. Like, yeah. Like, you can get hit a lot of times and keep going. Because, like, you have the heart of a champion. If you just trained, like, trained your punches, uh, you would be very, very good. Um, you know, like, y- you can't let this one keep you down. Nothing keeps you down. You're Shohei. All that sort of right. stuff. Right, and, like, even even Pop said it. Like, he said that, like, you're, you would be so good. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then the rest of the Rangers show up, and Goro is like, Shohei, like, train me. Right. So I guess the the logic that they sort of they say very briefly but mostly allude to is that for some reason they feel that Barra Box because Barra Boxer is a boxer. Oh no no no, this is what it is. Is Goro says Red Puncher is a boxer through like at Red Puncher's heart, he is a boxer. Right. And like I am not you like I now realize that like I'm not utilizing him to his fullest potential. Like, I am not allowing Red Puncher to express his own, like, champion's heart because I don't know how to box. So, like, we're not in sync. Yeah, so if like, you Goro, I, Goro, box, and Red Puncher, like, then I will. Yeah, and then and then we can, like, beat Barra Boxer this way. Like, with me learning, yeah. like, me using your punches in Red Puncher can outbox Barra Boxer. 
yeah, like we'll we'll do it. And Goro's or uh, Shoei's like, yes. Uh, and then he also has a he has a line that he says like, with this fist, I will gain vengeance or something like that. Did you write this down? Um, he said he was going to pay him back with this very fist. I think. Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry. So Matt, uh, full disclosure, I was watching this episode while like sort of while I was also being a living jungle gym for two small babies. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, my notes are very scattered and very <laughs> sparse. So uh, I'm just uh, doing my best. It's okay, man. That, uh, that is what you got me here for. Uh, okay. So the next thing we see is Goro and Shohei and they are in a, in there in a park and Shohei has like a, like a catching, like a, you know, like one of the padded gloves that you, you punch into that like the trainer wears i'm sure they've got a name but i don't know what it is yeah uh but he's only got one of course because his other hand, his is, other hand is broken yeah and goro is trying to punch and he's very bad at it yeah like, like he's very very like bad missing, which is weird because i know goro can punch we've watched him do it for 19 episodes before this one but he's yeah doing, those I... are karate punches and these are boxing punches and Man, Show- I feel like they are probably not that different. Hey, listen, apparently they are. Apparently they're very, very different. So Shohei is um, giving him tips, so, you know, like move your hips this way, like sort of like put your weight into it in this way. And they're kind of making progress, but like it's not going super well. And at one point, yeah, Goro well, just like fully misses the catching mitt and like throws it, like overextends himself and falls over. Yeah. Well, what we are what we are finding out is that Goro, although he is himself, I'm sorry, Shoei, Shoei, although he is himself a pretty good boxer, is a very bad boxing coach. Yeah. Which the end of this episode tries to like, like forget a little bit. Um, yeah. But I think I genuinely think that when that happens, it's everyone being nice to Shohei because he hurt his hand. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely the case. So while this so, is happening, the other rangers and the little kids, who, by the way, we have been talking about it as though there was one little kid. There are two little kids, but I can't remember which one of them does which. And the episode would be functionally the same if they were the same person. So I'm just going to yeah, keep doing also, that. Yeah, and also the second kid just shows up out of nowhere. Like, they never explain why he is there. I, li- I don't think they ever give him a name either. So... I don't know, man. Like, so yeah. Like, both of those kids are not Mikio. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very strange. So, uh, the Mikio Gestalt and the other rangers are watching this training happen. And as they're doing this, Pops rolls up. He just, like, walks out from behind a couple of trees and is like, They're boxing bad. Yeah, uh, he's very he's very annoyed about it, and everyone's like, and, "Yeah, they are boxing bad. You are a boxing coach. Please help us." Yeah, like could you, like yeah, could you maybe please? Um, <laughs> so he's like, "Uh, fine." Yeah, and like clearly that is what he came here to do, but he is acting as though he is doing it grudgingly. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, so he just see like Goro again, kind of misses and overextends himself and tumbles to the ground, and finally pops like, all right, I've, he doesn't say this. But you can tell his grimace shifts a little bit. It's a slightly new style of grimace, and he like walks over and he sort of picks Shohei up, slash throws him out of the way, and he puts the glove on, and then he sort of starts, you know, working working with Goro. 
Yeah, and listen, if you apparently, if you want to learn boxing, all you got to do is punch somebody's hand for an afternoon. Well, I mean, uh, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, I imagine you would probably be at least marginally better at boxing. Yeah. Um, so they, they do this for a while. Um, and then, okay. So Goro falls down again. And not in so many words, but Pops goes to like pick Goro up. And he says it sort of like under his breath so Shohei can't hear him. But what he communicates to him, and I, I, I apologize for not remembering the line. It's like, listen, first of all, you need to beat this monster. But second of yep. all, like, do this for Shohei because, like, he really needs this right now. Like, Yeah, like, he feels real bad about having boofed it. And if you can win sort of with his, like, help, then he will feel like, he will feel okay about it. Yeah. Um, and I really like that about this episode. Because, like, a lot of this episode is just like, yeah, Shohei is doing his best, but he hurts himself and he kind of messes up. And the whole rest of the episode is not just people, like, fighting a monster, but also just, like, quietly supporting their friend. It's really yeah, nice. It's, it is nice. Because I was just thinking in this episode that we, like, I don't have a real great sense of character for for almost any of these uh almost any of these rangers even as much like not only is it not really at like the high water mark of of jetman but even as like cocker ranger i felt like had a little bit more like who these people are individually and uh you know hopefully we'll get more of that later but yeah. then then we get the best scene in this episode because if you think about it matt it's not so much that Goro needs to train his boxing up. It's that Goro and Red Puncher together need to train their boxing up. And so how are you going to do that? Well, you've got to practice, Matt. And Dave, what's, and what's the would, one way that you practice boxing? <laughs> you you got to box. You got to punch something in the hand for an afternoon. But what's big enough? Only O-Robo. So what we get is now, okay, so first of all, the O-Ranger base has constructed a giant boxing ring, presumably mm -hmm. expressly for this purpose, <laughs> and they have also created a giant, like, punchy glove for O-Robo to wear as he practices with Red Puncher, who is doing the punching. <laughs> and the, the other thing that is so good about this is that this means that O-Ranger Robo is functional again. Like, he's in right. the ring. He's doing, like, it's a fake fight, but it is a fight. Um, right. So they could just end this whole problem. <laughs> yeah, they could just send two robots out to beat this thing up. But that's not the plan. The plan is boxing. Right. Um, okay. So as they are as they are practicing, they get an alert like, hey, Barra Boxer is, like, he's out. He's wreaking havoc. Like, you gotta, you gotta go make this happen. So, oh, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. There is one thing that I wanted. It's, I wrote it in an actual sidebar in my notes here, and I wanted to say it before we moved on because I didn't want to forget. During this sequence, when they are practicing boxing, there is a like a, a a theme song that is like a boxing montage pump up song, right in the background. Yes. But it is. Like a boxing montage pump up song version of the opening theme song to O Ranger. Like they just like re they just arranged the song differently to make it communicate something else. It's great. 
Yeah. <laughs> it does have a very Rocky-esque feel to it. Rocky IV, so, specifically. Oh, thank you. Um, so then we, we get the alert, and they're like, Barabaxter's going crazy, got to go deal with it. So they all, I guess everybody else just rides out. They do launch Red Puncher, though. So Listen, if you have a punch cannon, you've got to use it. You yeah, I, that's a very good point. So, uh, Boxer's there. Red Puncher lands. Prince Bolton says, "Like, all right, like here's how it's gonna be. Like, you guys are gonna box. I guess winner take all." And the Rangers are like, "All right, sure." Like, I don't know why they agree to that, but they do. Uh, so then, okay, like they don't launch them out of missile silos on the moon, but. They do basically, they just like launch some uh, turnbuckles and then they create energy like between the turnbuckles and then that energy solidifies into ropes and they do create a giant ring. Yeah. Just like we talked about in, in Puto Resto Sentai Ringo Ranger. Uh, they call it the and Ring I of felt Hell. Like, it's called the Ring of Hell, which we did not think of. And I, you know, points to you, oh Ranger. But when it actually happened in literally almost the exact way that we described mm-hmm. how it would happen if it were going to happen, I felt very good about this show and about us, Matt. I felt super justified. In my notes, I just like, this This is Ringer Ranger? Like, what happened here? <laughs> Did we somehow yeah, will this into existence? Um, so, and then, like, then the fight's on, man. Yeah. So it's it's Red Puncher versus Bar Boxer, and they are boxing. Yeah, so and this, I think... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mentioned it earlier, and it was kind of in reference to the earlier fight, but also, but mainly this one. I think this is probably the best giant robot fight, maybe in any episode of Sentai that we've seen so far. Like, it's very, very good. I think we may be, you know, like, have a bit of a recency bias, but I, I do think it is very, very good. And also, like, interesting in a way that giant robot fights normally aren't. Yeah, uh, the, because it's just, it's like a full-on boxing match, and we're getting, like, cool camera angles, um, because there's a lot of, like, getting inside and underneath and, like, body blows from Red Puncher. Uh, it's a it's just a really good fight. Um, the ring is electrified, which is why it is the Ring of Hell. Well, yeah. Um, and there, like, there keep being bits where, like, a Barrow Boxer plus, like, Prince Bulldog are kind of cheating, like... The rings are electrified. Oh, um, Barra Boxer does like a like a big spray spit attack uh, in the oh, face yeah. of Red Puncher, which is something that uh, like that is a professional wrestling thing that happens. Uh, there was a oh, really? there was a wrestler named the Great Muda, uh, a Japanese guy who did that specifically. He had like a a poison spray attack where he would just like spit out this mist at you. Oh, uh, one of the things I really dig is that as that pops, like as they are pulling these dirty tricks, pops is yelling like, Hey, that's a dirty trick. That's not boxing pops. This is not like a boxing federation approved match, dude. These are two giant robots that are slugging it out and like an electrified ring of hell. It's not going to go like according to the rules. So, but they are trying to even out the fight. And so the other Rangers, because they are, of course, not helping to pilot Red Puncher, uh, they run over to where Prince Bulldog is and they get in a fight with all the dudes who are on the ground in a way to get him away from this control panel. And then eventually Momo was able to break it. 
Yeah, well, because what we find, like, I think what the idea is, because we never see Barra Boxer get, like, get electrified. So I think they're sort of, like, turning the electricity. Like you said, they're cheating. They're turning the electricity, like, on and off in in a way to, you know, to, like, skew the results of this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but when Momo destroys the control panel, the whole thing sort of like turns into energy and disappears. So now they're yeah. just like out in a field boxing. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and then, so once they are just out in a field, so it was really skewing Bar Boxer. Once they're out in a field, uh, then the fight kind of tilts Red Puncher's way. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in an attempt to sort of get back into the fight, however, Bar Boxer pulls out the flying punch. And this is like the one moment of this episode that I wanted there to be, I wanted to be better. Like in general, I really like this episode, but I feel like this is a sort of missed opportunity because what happens is he throws flying punch, but like red puncher just blocks it. Like, yeah. Like, cause they know that flying punch is going to come. And I'm sure that like Shohei said, Hey, if somebody throws flying punch at you, this is how you block it. But it's a very anticlimactic moment for something that was such a big deal early in the show. Yeah. Um, but he does. He basically just blocks it. And then, like, once Bar Boxer kind of shoots that shot, it's it's basically over. Um, and then Red Puncher, you know, like, he gets inside and and delivers body blows until Bar Boxer can't handle it. And then he yeah. finishes him off. Oh, he does. Um, Goro, it's, Goro does say, Shohei, like, watch me defeat him with the punches you taught me. Oh yeah, that was a good. That was a great moment. There's also so, a, a, another theme song in here. It is the Red Puncher theme song, and it is a straight up jam. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, we don't like. Unfortunately, it was a lot of fun to watch, but just to talk about, it, it's like, well, he punches him a lot, and then, and then Bara Boxer goes down. Like that's pretty yeah. much. He does have a, a yeah, finishing move that's sort of that same like corkscrew shot from when he's being fired from the cannon. I think it was called Mega Punch, maybe? Uh, that sounds familiar, but I did not write it down. I, I did write down Mega Punch, but I was not confident in what I had read. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Barrow Boxer goes down. Uh, Shohei runs over to Goro, and, like, he is thanking him, but it is not just the, like... There is a significance to this that it, that goes beyond like, hey, thanks for destroying that robot. It's like, thank you for helping me restore my feelings and also defending the honor of boxing or something. Yeah. Um, and then Pops is there and Chief walks over and says like, well, the friendship between Goro and Shohei... And, like, the respect given by... He says Pops' name, which I think is the first time in the episode that anyone calls him, like, by a real name. Uh, so I did not write it down. Uh, but he says, like, these, yeah. all of these things are great gifts to Red Puncher. Which is, I, I guess, maybe true? I mean, listen, he built Red Puncher. He probably knows how Red Puncher feels about stuff. Yeah, well, again, man, you know, there is a lot of... in the In all the Sentai shows, really... Uh, even when it doesn't necessarily make sense, there is a lot of like talking about and dealing with the giant robots as though they are like as though they are sentient. Yeah. Um, in a way that like 
doesn't totally make sense to me, but whatever. Yeah, sometimes it does, because sometimes they actually are, like, in Die Ranger, it makes total sense. Uh, in, yes. In O-Ranger, it makes a lot less sense, but it is still, yeah. like, it's just a trope of the show. That's just, we're dealing with it. It's cool. Um, and that's it. That is the end of this episode. It is not, yeah. however, Dave, the end of our episode, because first, before we go anywhere, we need to determine how Baraboxer fares in the Creature Royale. Yeah. So, I, Barra Boxer is fun, but not amazing. I like his giant spike fists. Like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I like that he just kind of, that he steals Shohei's secret move from him. I thought that was a neat, like, element of it. Um, Beyond that, and he, he looks very, very cool. Like, he's got a very cool look. Um, You know, but he doesn't have, like... He doesn't have much of a personality, um, you know, so automatically, like, he's only ever going to get so high just because he doesn't, like, all the best monsters, I feel, are monsters that have a little bit of character to them, and Barboxer just doesn't have that. Yeah, so the absolute ceiling for him, I think, would be the other monster that steals moves, uh, and that is, oh gosh, what's his name? The, 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 the move-stealing ninja monkey. Oh, Surigami. Surigami, thank you. So where uh, is Surigami? Because so... we should look at that and then sort of like go down from there. Uh, Surigami the Ninja Monkey is at slot number 39. Okay, he's not going um, that high. Yeah, no way is he going that high. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, I think you're right as a, as a thing there. So like, I'm, I'm down on the list, man. And like. I'm looking at Purse Monk, who has sick dunks. Like, I don't like him as much as I like Purse Monk. Because um, here's the thing, Matt. Like, at this point, this list is full of some very, very good monsters. It really is. Uh, so whenever we get to one of these, like, okay, where is the spot on our list for people who are in a good episode and there's nothing wrong with them? They are actually kind of cool, but there's not a lot to them. Um, dude, straight up, those episodes, like, those monsters are down in, like, the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, well, because, like, dude, okay, Bar of Vanish is 74, uh, and then, you know, Tofu Hermit is a great episode from, uh, from Die Ranger with Drunken Boxing. Dude, my, I'll be honest, like, because once you get down into the 90s, like Mujina, the crazy manga artist, is is number eighty nine. Yeah, and that guy is very weird, but like at least super memorable. Yeah. So, who for for who is Bara Missler? Remind me of this. Uh, well, he's a giant robot and he's got missiles. Uh, he was he was a pretty early on episode, if I recall correctly. Um, but yeah, like. Again, so Bar Boxer is better than Bar Missler, but I don't know if he's cooler than I don't think he's cooler than Azuki or I, the Bean Washer. Azuki or I, the Bean Washer had like a whole crazy traps cave dungeon thing under a police station. That is so, true. That is very true. Yeah, um, and then right above him is Vacuum Dimension Tengu. Uh, I'm Jaku. Oh, Leech Drill. I hated Leech Drill. Um, how is Leech Drill higher than Azukira? That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, me. Leech Drill was cool because he shrank. 
and they made oh oh yeah 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 no that's it that's why he's inside of chief that is actually why yes that is exactly why he's in there um but actually as i'm thinking about it i feel like i already nailed it man he's better than bar missler but not better than azuki rai okay so that makes him our new number what 99 number 99 staying in that top 100 yeah i mean most of our dudes are in the top 100 this list only goes down to 127 yeah well okay but you know but still still. uh so anyways man that is gonna do it for us. Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Uh, once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. <laughs>